Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. My guest today is Mary Bartu Jacobson. She uses the pronouns she, her, hers. Mary is a woman who is coming into her own. She embraces that she loves having multiple threads that make up her unique tapestry of experience in life. She loves having a Reiki practice, as well as an essential oil business, as well as health coaching with her respective communities and clients. She is not a one-track person, and that's okay. She holds a BA in theater, along with being a certified essential oil consultant, certified Zumba instructor, and a certified health coach. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here. So for those of you who are just now tuning in to my podcast, Mary was one of my guests on season one, and that will be linked in the show notes because hopefully that will give you a good base of like the wonderful, unique energy that Mary brings to the table. Thanks, Michelle. You are welcome. So we do oils together. We do oils. That is the truth. Can I tell you a little bit about the oils I am currently um, doing, like applying to my body? (laughs) So I have this, I really love essential oils, as you well know. And I also really love just being intuitive about it, you know? And so I host a new moon circle every month. And each month I have come up with a new blend. And it's been a really fun process to figure out, so so what is happening astrologically? What is the energy there? And then what are the oils that either sort of, I, I know on an emotional level, like speak to that condition, or what oils am I simply just drawn to? So um, that being said, there there is, as we're recording this, there is a new moon coming up. And I created a blend, which I have to say I'm pretty much, pretty much in love with. So it is. So this is our first new moon in Cancer this year blend. It's um, it's got one drop of whisper, two drops of frankincense, five drops of black pepper, and five drops of green mandarin Ooh, i don't have those oils in front of me right now and so i'm imagining Mm. the sort of sweet Mm -hmm. really intoxicating scent of whisper grounded by that very level resiny frankincense and both black pepper and green mandarin have an amazing crispness to Mm -hmm. them black pepper has that tinge of spicy when you smell Mm -hmm. it being black pepper and green mandarin of course the citrus and how these are going to fold over and envelop and hold on to that root because part of the ingredient one of the ingredients of whisper is patchouli yeah right right I this blend is fascinating to me because I would say almost more than any other blend I have created Uh I once I apply it to my skin like the first time I, I kind of visit it, right, I get one mm-hmm. smell. And then the next time, you know, like moments or minutes later, it's a different smell. And like, like almost like each of those individual components rises to the surface. 
at a different time. It's really cool. Nice. It's a really cool. That one. is so awesome. Yeah. This is, well, this is actually one thing that I really love about essential oils. So like, uh, I learned about essential oils early in the two thousands. I didn't know they were even in existence before then. And it wasn't until I found out about doTERRA that I was really confident about using a product that had such high standards for quality that I felt really safe putting it all over my body. Okay. So holding that, I, I think most people like to smell good. True. Yeah. Really, my early days of studying astrology was psychological astrology. And then with time, I moved into more the archetypal mythological aspect, because I think they did go together. And so it really was trying to understand people and then trying to understand me, where was I in my journey. You know, because astrology, I think one of the things is really this the exciting thing is because it's really about you, right? Like you have someone sit with you, do your chart. It's about you, right? Um, but also, as I gotten older, much more about understanding our period in history and what is going on in the world, how to make sense of it beyond the, the newspaper headlines and trying to have a con- uh, sort of contextual understanding of why is this happening? Why does, like you, you, you were saying earlier, we tend to, re- history tends to repeat itself. Well, from the viewpoint of astrology, it's like actually quite fascinating because it is, it has to do the cycles of the planet so we can see a resonance to another time. So I would say like in the last 10 years, for me, it has been a lot more about like, I want to understand the historical point as well. So I've been fascinated for a long time with this concept, I'm going to call it othering, where we, uh, we believe that our point of view is the right point of view, and somebody else who believes differently is an other. And we were we were chatting before we started really recording. And um, you were talking about how astrology can help ignite the imagination. And I'm linking the two together because so othering, I think, is a, is a big problem. It's the, it, it can be that, you know, you're either with us or against us mm-hmm. and it, it's total black and white thinking. It doesn't get into any of the gray areas of life. It forgets the truth that there can be more than one truth and uh, and and it can lend itself to fundamentalism and which can then um, it just can lead to very not great human things. And so can you kind of pivot on that and, and where astrology can help us? Yeah, so when you were saying all this, I was thinking that we're, it does few attempts like we're moving like Thelma and Louise in the end of the movie where they're just driving into the, you know, the, the ravine. Um, yeah, so I, a few things that come to my mind. Uh, one is I've always been of the mind I think even as a kid, you know, we're both were raised Christian. I was raised Catholic, not hardcore, but Catholic. And so this is, I think, comes from the Bible. Don't quote me on it, but I think it is. But I've always believed that all paths lead to Rome. Rome could be understood as your truth, the source, your ultimate life experience, whatever it may be. But I think all paths lead to Rome. You can go by sea, you can go through the mountains, the Alps. You're going to get there in some shape or form. 
And to me, that has guided me as a sense of like, there's a, there's a, a purpose, a goal to reach. How are we going to get there? I don't know. So in one sense, astrology has helped me understand that. What is the journey like, right? Where am I going? The other thing when you talk about the, the othering um, is the idea when you talk about fundamentalism. I can't remember where I saw this, who wrote it. Um, but I believe that fundamentalism is a lack of imagination. Because you can't deal with the nuance. You can't deal with ambiguity. You can't deal with paradox. And I think it stems from deep fear and out of sense of out of control. And I think that in turn stems from not having faith perhaps or a sense of connect, an idea of being connected to other things that allows you to feel grounded. So you have to grasp, you have to grab something, right? So better the the, the devil I know than the devil I don't know. That's the other end. And, and we are living in very pivotal times, as we know um, really clearly now. Astrologically, it does have a point. Um, it has a, um, a connection astrologically. We can read this othering as part of the, uh, the planetary dance that's going on in the last few years. But, and I want to say as well that even in astrology, some people can use astrology as an othering, you know, the quintessential means of, oh, he's such a Scorpio. Oh, my God, she's such a Virgo. This sort of discrimination, psychological discrimination is a, um, yeah, sorry, the astrological discrimination is kind of an othering, right? We play into the joke, but there is that problem as well. What I find interesting about astrology, when you kind of take a step back and look at it, um, is that all the signs, the 12 signs, they come in pairs, right? They're opposite complementary to each, you know. So Virgo is opposite to Pisces, but complementary. They work, to, they have to work together, right? So I'm, in my work, I, in, in my own personal relationship to astrology, I actually like to look at the opposite sign to see how can I be my better sign. So in my case, I'm a Gemini. I look to Sagittarius to understand, oh, there's a gift in Sagittarius that would benefit me that I could be the best version of a Gemini, a more whole Gemini. So we can look at astrology as a way to <clears throat> integrate the, the parts. But I'm sorry, I think I might have forgotten what was your original question. So I've gone off in my own. Uh, That's all right. Um... Woo, in my own head here. <laughs> I was curious how we can use astrology to draw on our imaginations. So, okay. Um, I, I think for the, so how do I go back? I have this pet theory, not a theory, it's becoming more and more of a, a core uh, compass for me. What I like about astrology is that when you think about your own birth chart, which is your roadmap to your life, you have various planets. You have all the signs of the zodiac, and who are not helping us create a positive reality for ourselves. Um, but, but I think uh, to I think for a, a chunk of time now, the paradigm has been that 
our health is not in our own hands. Our health is in someone else's hands, right? Like, Mm -hmm. well, I have to go, I have to do what my doctor said. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, it's not up to me. It's up to my doctor. And I mean, just through, through working, handing our power over, handing our power over. That's absolutely right. And in all the different modalities that I've been working in, in Reiki, in essential oils and health coaching, um, there's such, uh, there's so much healing to be gained in reclaiming that reclaiming our own power. Um, but all, and, and not feeling like we have to do it alone. Right. Like, so, so linking arms with someone else, um, who's not necessarily like the authority, but just someone who can provide us some healing and, and help us discover our own healing powers. Um, that has just been a magical process to, um, help facilitate and to witness. Uh, it just lights me up. Mm. I think every single one of us can think of a personal situation or a situation from somebody that we know where they've dealt with some sort of thing, whether it's health or otherwise, and you've had to go to the expert and the expert tells you what to do and you don't agree with it Mm -hmm. for some reason. So you're, you're not the expert in that field. right? Right. And so there's a piece where where we um where we go we give our power away because we're not supposed to know that because we didn't study that but to our core we're feeling that that piece of advice doesn't resonate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that piece that we need to work towards advocating and i guess i think why my mind is going here is One of the things that I love about the essential oils is how they do affect our intuition. Mm -hmm. What we smell affects our memories. And I've used the story before my grandmother smoking in the kitchen, right? And so whenever I smelled this particular smell of a cigarette, it would bring me back, bring me, you know, it's like what's happening in this moment. I might be standing on the street corner and I smell that. And then there's like, imagine a movie. And all of a sudden, if you have an Apple machine and a time machine, you're going through all the revisions, right? It goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> transports me back. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in grandmother's kitchen and I'm sitting there mm-hmm. and I can see the fluorescent light mm-hmm. and I can see her lifting the hot pads and pulling out her cigarettes, right? So in that same vein, connect, while it connects us with memory, connecting us with ourselves and being able to self-advocate. So that gift you gave your family member of, of saying, I'm going to guide you a little bit, but I trust you mm-hmm. to know yourself. Mm-hmm. That's right. And guess what? Yourself isn't static. Yourself is always changing, right? So then, then if there comes a point where it's like, you know, in that instance, like, okay, that blend isn't really working so well for me. Well, okay, then let's Mm -hmm. create a new one, you know, and Mm -hmm. and have just as much fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, another thing that I was thinking of as we were talking about this is that um, I, (laughs) this idea of like, um, that, that we have been living for 
generations in what is a very patriarchal uh, approach, and that we um, part of part of that is that sort of like we'll ask the expert, ask the like the the left brain, the the just the masculine energy, not not necessarily male female, but just the masculine sort of like. Um, uh, facts and figures and and really just not like intuition is something that I feel like we really as a whole are really just starting to be able to truly acknowledge and and trust um, that's a great place to take a break Welcome back. So, what's up with intuition? <laughs> I'm glad you left it on that cliffhanger. What's <laughs> up with intuition? I, my sense of things is that for the longest time, I mean, there's even that saying, women's intuition, right? Mm -hmm. As though, and, and not, and I feel like when I hear that term in my head, it's not like a, like with reverence. Oh yeah, no pejorative intuition, right? Yes, it is pejorative, as though um, it doesn't really. That doesn't. Uh, it's not something to actually go by. It's not a compass. It's a um, poo poo. Like yeah. Oh, women's mm -hmm. intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. that old wives' tale. That old mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. So, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think there are so many uh, instances. I think that. My hope is that we, as a collective, are are shifting out of that patriarchal worldview and yeah. into a more like like everybody. Oh well, and I also think that there was this this period of time where like the the manly man also was like the um, the archetype, and mm -hmm. and I think we're realizing like there's masculinity and femininity and and they don't mean like to possess both doesn't make you less whole it actually makes you more whole um so yeah so i want to interrupt or take off or yes yeah. okay so uh feminism right mm -hmm. feminism think era, era 60s mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. workplace 70s Bra, bra burning, mm -hmm. you know, not shaving, whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, whatever is going on in the seventies kind of thing. And, uh, and then, and then eighties sort of a stepping back, but also corporate women remember shoulder pads. Oh yes. Oh yes. You want broad shoulders like a man. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're dressing mm -hmm. up in a suit and you're not using your, okay. So part of feminism 
has been this, like, we need to match a man's energy. Mm -hmm. And now I think we're peeling back that layer. And what I'd love to see is, is in, if you've been listening to this podcast, hopefully you've heard me say this before. If you're new, welcome. And let me say it again. What I'm really interested in is raising up the divine feminine. And, um, and I think we need to figure out a way Mm. to then merge the divine masculine. Mm, The divine masculine. That's interesting, right? That it, mm-hmm. is that a term that you have heard used? I have okay. in different places, and yeah. so one of the places that I from a book, um, it's called Caroline Casey's "Making the Gods Work for You," and you mm-hmm. can get an audible version where she's giving a talk, speaking to the book. The book is uh, at the moment out of print. I think she was still working on it, but occasionally you can get a used mm-hmm. copy on various used outlets, used book outlets. And one of the things that she talks about in the talk portion is bringing back the word husbandry. Mm-hmm. So when I hear the word husbandry, I conjure up image. I'm a visual person. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't figured this out, right? So like, mm-hmm. I conjure up images of a man and a woman in a cottage surrounded by a low handmade picket fence. And there is like sheep in the background and there's some goats and there's some chickens and they're both tending the homestead together and they're choosing different roles that works to their own strengths right Mm -hmm. and they're doing it together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it I love it the divine masculine I really like that as a that's and and there's that we can embody both divine feminine yeah. and divine masculine. Um, it's interesting that like, as you're conjuring up this, the feminism through the ages, I've been really, um, it's, so I've got two daughters, they're 20 and 21. They both just finished their sophomore years of college. Um, one took a year off. So they now are at the same pace. Um, but it's been really lovely getting to um, engage in some very spirited conversations with the two of them as they, um, you know, bring their their new knowledge and their new deep-rooted, very firmly held beliefs um, to the table. But anyway, like one thing that I really am, am enjoying exploring with them is that, that concept of in- intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Right. So as I think of feminism, I'm like, you know, there was a time I think where we, like you said, like we sort of stepped back from it, like, oh, that's that like man hating. And then, um, yeah, just that we, I mean, again, back to the tapestry, right? Like each, like we are not mm-hmm. our, we are not our, our one definition. Like I'm not just a woman. I am not just a mother. I'm not just a health coach I you know so as we think about feminism um that we don't have to just be feminine we don't have to just be one group of white women working for the rights of white women you know that really intersectionality and bringing all people to the table is what ultimately um Mm -hmm. moves us it it, like it's that's our evolution you know that's where we have Mm -hmm. to evolve is like maybe not boxing quite so much people in mm-hmm. mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. deep thought I have to sit with that for yeah. a moment 
Mm. Um, so I'm curious, Michelle, if there are other things that you would like to talk about in terms of essential oils or health Oh, there's coaching. always. I wonder if you have any oh, particular, um, I mean, you and I have learned together all of our essential yeah. oil, which has been such a fun process. So I'm, I'm really stuck on intuition right now okay. in this moment uh, and intuition and how that connection in part, because I, I will say I had a conversation just before we got on with another friend who will hopefully be um, showcased on this lineup for season two, where we'll hopefully dive into intuition some more with mm. her take on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the ways that I choose essential oils is I first, when I input is one of my Gallup strengths finder strengths. Me too. And so, yeah. So for me, what input often means is like devouring the book mm-hmm. and like getting that, you know, and so then, so then I kind of store that information up here. If you're inclined to this thinking, some might think then it kind of like is your gateway to the Akashic record. And then it's like oh, accessible. It. Right. Yeah. I love it. I'm, toying with that. I'm like, not sure where I fall in that line, but mm-hmm. what I, what, what, what's important though, is like, I've got it and it's like hanging out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, so now, so when I get also an oil, so you smell, ooh, what does it mean? So you're doing multi-sensory learning. Ooh, right. Which um, means it, how does it lodges feel? a little deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And there's probably a space for me to like redo this because a lot of this happened five years ago when I was building my oil collection, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, learning juniper berries, the oil of night and mm-hmm. okay, kid has night terrors. We're going to go with that route, whatever. Okay. So now what happens when I pick an oil is using your intuition, you read the room, what's up today? Mm-hmm. What's on, what's on the board. So uh, at the time of this recording, it's, it's June, 2020 and everybody's finished their distance learning in grammar school or college. But before then, you know, we were learning at home. And so maybe we had our to-do list right there. It's like, what's on the learning palette today? Mm-hmm. What, what's going on? What's going on with other family members in their work that we need to sort of, okay, so the stress level is here or here. Which so corner of the up? dining room table am I going to commandeer? Yeah. Right. So you kind of hold, I kind of hold that, just hold it. And I don't spend a lot of time. I'm not spending 30 minutes holding it. Mm-hmm. This is like seconds, mm-hmm. right? And so then I look at my oil box and whatever pops up and I'm like, oh gosh, that green coriander label is really screaming at me right now. Why is that screaming at me? Coriander. Did you know coriander was an essential oil? Coriander. (laughs) I did know that, Michelle. Part of cilantro. It's part of cilantro. And cilantro is also an essential oil and they smell totally different. So interesting. So interesting. So interesting. We're actually, I'm going to invite you to talk about something you said you didn't want to talk about. In a oh, minute. awesome. I love it. <laughs> a challenge. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I am uh, in June, 2020. Mm-hmm. I am in my glorious studio. We're kissing 80 degrees right now outside mm-hmm. almost. And I am in my upstairs, roughly a hundred square foot office space with a very low ceiling. Mm-hmm. Most of my essential oils are downstairs. So again, visual person, I'm imagining this. I'm imagining pulling up coriander. We're going to have to grab an oil book to get the, the, the meaning of this. Okay. Um, 
okay, so, so, because this is, this is my process. This is, this is what I do. And, and I'm elongating it. We're taking many, many minutes here. This happens, like I said, in like nanoseconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take a level of the room. You look at coriander. Okay, coriander. So I smell it. Mm-hmm. all guided by my intuition and what I'm sensing in the space. And if I am jiving with the smell, then I'll then, okay, well, what would pair with it? Yes. And now I'm looking over and then I see something else. And maybe I'm noticing fennel or dug fir, mm. or maybe I look at um, lemon, yeah. right? And those, so I have my oils arranged mostly alphabetically. I have some of the uh, kits together. Mm-hmm. Like we use our top 10 oils a lot, right? So like they're front and prominent and they're not in alphabetical order. And then that's how I'll make my diffuser blend for the day. Beautiful. That is very much like my process, Michelle. (laughs) And I would imagine this gets into like how you're going to be doing your health coaching as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So much about intuition and, and the client's intuition. So here's what I found about its uh, physical properties. And then you're going to address the emotional properties. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So coriander, if you happen to choose it is, um, has actually a really similar chemical composition to lavender. So it's going to be very soothing and calming, calming to the emotions, also calming to the skin. Um, it's a good one to add, speaking of skin to your, like if you have tend to have an oily complexion, this is a great one to add. And I know you make an amazing facial toner. So this and one I might be a good one. Every couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Huh? So coriander is great. And then also it's a great one to, um, it's good for your muscles. Like it gives great mus- muscle support. So. Oh, this is so awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell us about emotions. It's the oil of integrity. Oh, I love it. I love it. It specifically helps with integrity of oneself. Uh, If somebody is trapped in a cycle of serving others and neglecting their own needs. Mm -hmm. Now I identify as an Enneagram nine. Mm -hmm. Me too. And (laughs) I don't know if you resonate with this aspect of the self forgetting portion of the Enneagram nine, Mm -hmm. where you put your own needs aside Mm -hmm. And you, you're like, you're in, I think the Enneagram two might do this as well. Cause they're the givers, the right. helpers. Right. Right. So they may also have a strong desire to do what is right or correct. Often the mind's perspective of the right way is too limited when seen from only one perspective. Coriander reminds individuals that there is more than one way to do something. Mm. And that fitting in often requires betraying the true self. Interesting. This reminds me of your um, wearing of the perfume. Yes. (laughs) As a middle schooler. And it turns out you remember all these years later that like that chemical toxic situation was Uh not for you. Yes. in all the ways, right. I mean, mm-hmm. like if we can just like do away with the toxicity of middle school, the bad parts of it, there's some parts that are great, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it addresses negative emotions of being controlled by others, self-betrayal, drudgery, or conforming. And it brings out being true to oneself, inner guidance, integrity, and unique, which is really the path that you've been on. Oh, true that. Yeah. Like I'm just, definitely not following anyone else's path. <laughs> Sometimes actually I look longingly like wouldn't it be nice if I just 
knew what I was supposed to do next, but no, yeah, it's not been my way. So oh. I, you know, what is great about this? I never reach for coriander. Neither do I. This, now today. Oh, like it's on coriander all day. <laughs> so, so I, what I find really humorous about this is, uh, Mary has a gift of being able to communicate with the oils and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I dare say you're working on wearing that hat really well. Oh, that's true. And here we go. The thing that I wasn't going to talk about, but I am. <laughs> um, right. Like I think everyone does have an intuition with it in mm-hmm. terms of like, if you've got the oil right there and you're like, Hmm, what would, what, does this one feel right? Or does that one feel right? Um, yeah, but it's sort of like the, almost the reverse of that. Like what I'm working on is really trusting that when, you know, for example, um, in my Reiki practice, um, you know, I don't ha- I'm not smelling all the oils. I'm just there energetically with the person, just really trusting that as an oil comes into my mind, that that's right. You know, that, and that my I gotta say, she's really good at this. I love it. It's like magic every single time. Like, I never know what, you know, like, I can't predict it. And then every time it's like spot on. And it's, it, it just, it blows my mind. And it feels like such a, such a gift. So you, you two are continuing to learn to trust your intuition mm-hmm. and know that it's right and are blown away every time it's right. And still blown away every time it's right. Yeah. Which is interesting because I mean, certainly that, that has got to be true in other aspects of life as well. Right. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said um, for noticing, noticing that, because I think oftentimes actually, if we we, we don't take a moment to really think like, oh, wow, my intuition really served me well just then when I, you know, acted on it. Um, so there's there's a thing about noticing it that gives it more power. So I'm, I'm also working on noticing the other places in my life where, where I listen to my intuition and it serves me very well. I think it's a little bit like a muscle, you know, like you kind of totally develop it. Like I've developed it in this one area uh-huh. of life in this Reiki bubble, but like, what, what, like it, I want to appreciate the magic that it offers in lots of aspects of my life. And that's all we have time for today. Awesome. I guess we'll do more later. It's been fun. So an invitation to you who are listening Let's work on our intuitive muscles and go grab the coriander for you. (laughs) The coriander for you. (laughs) Would you like to add anything to that? Um, Also work on the wedding of the divine masculine and feminine. Mm. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for inviting me, Michelle. My pleasure. Welcome. Balance Shared is produced and edited by me, Michelle Astley. The instrumental music, Grass, by Silent Partner, is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michelleastley.com 
to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lastly with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.